0: are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles
1: Caps. I'll tell you what, this is good news. The Gospel is good news. The Apostle Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel, for it is the power of God. You see, the good news is the power of God unto salvation, deliverance, preservation and healing. All of you see, the idea of prosperity is involved in the word salvation. It's a Greek word called sozo. And the idea there is preservation, healing, and soundness. It's all inclusive word. Thank God it is. But you see, the people that oppose this, they'll go and underline all of the scriptures that says you ought to be content with what you have they'll underline all the suffering scriptures they'll underline all of these others and that's the ones they meditate and study and they stay up all hours of the night trying to prove it's not god's will for them to be healed or for them to be prosperous when if they just take god's word and just confess the word of god they could enter into the abundance and they could enter into the provision that God made for. Them. And when apostle Paul said that those that receive the abundance of grace and gift of righteousness would reign in life. You see I'd rather be reigning in life than to be dying in life and being put under. And that's what a lot of people are, they're just under the circumstances of life because they haven't learned to apply these principles and receive the good news of the word of God. Well, you see these things are taken out of context. Can cause us problems. Now, go with me to John, the ninth chapter. Now, let's look at it. John, chapter 9, verse 1. Jesus passed by, saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin this man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, here's what most people say when they look at this scripture. They'll say, Jesus said this man was born blind for the glory of God. Now, that is not what Jesus said. Now, let me point out to you why you cannot interpret this scripture that way. Let's read it again. The disciples ask him, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that the man was born blind? Now, the question is really this. Did the man's sin or his parents' sin cause him to be born blind? Now, you see, that is the question. Now, Jesus can answer. He can answer the man's sin, he can answer the parent's sin, or he can answer neither. Now, any one of those three answers that he gives, he's answered the question totally because that's all they ask. Which one caused the man to be born blind? His sin, his parent's sin. Now, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said neither. Now, if you punctuate that this way, you'll get the right understanding of it. You see, punctuation plays a lot in giving you interpretation of the scripture. And they didn't do it wrongly just because they are trying to deceive somebody. They just did it the way they thought it should be done. There was no punctuation in the Greek. Now here's what Jesus said. Neither. Now when he said neither he's answered their question. Neither has this man sinned nor his parents. Now see you can't take that literally because you know the man had sinned and his parents had sinned. But you see, it's a little foolish because, see, uh, the Jews believed that a child could sin in his mother's womb. So that's the reason they asked the question the way they did. Now, Jesus said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents. Now, he doesn't literally mean that neither one of them had sinned because we know the Bible says all have sinned. Now, you can see that. All have sinned, so Jesus is not saying that they really didn't sin. He's saying it was not the man's sin. And it was not the parent's sin that caused the man to be born blind. Now, Jesus did not tell them why the man was born blind. He just simply answered their question and told them it was not the man's sin that caused him to be born blind. It was not the parent's sin that caused him to be born blind. Then he makes this statement. But that the works of God should be manifest, I must work the works of him that sent me. In other words, he said, if the works of God are going to be manifest in this man, I'll have to work them. Now, notice, people try to say that this uh, blindness was the work of God so God could get glory out of it. Now, you know, God is not going around making people be born blind and crippled so he can get glory out of healing them. Now, if he is, there's something wrong, terribly wrong with the situation. Well, you know, that's not true. But did you know that people believe that and it holds them in bondage? And they go around believing that God does these things. But you see, if anybody on earth did those things, wicked men would put them in jail for doing those things. I mean, they'd spend their life in the penitentiary. But yet, people will say their Heavenly Father does those things. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's a lie of the devil. Now watch this. As you punctuate it correctly, Jesus said... Neither was it this man's sin, nor his parents' sin, that caused the man to be born blind. Period. Then he makes the statement, but that the works of God should be manifest in him, I must work the works of God. Now can you see what he's saying? He said, I'm going to show you the works of God. Now let's watch it. Because when he works the work of God in this man you're going to find out that this man can see. So it couldn't been the work of God that caused the man to be born blind. Because when Jesus worked the work of God, the man could see. Now I won't let that hang there a minute. Because there's a lot of religious ideas that caused this scripture to hold people in bondage. And they read it and underline this scripture to try to prove that it's God's will for some to be born blind, some to be born crippled, and some to have all the problems of life, and it's for some mysterious purpose that God is using that. No, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life. Now watch it. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day, for the night cometh when no man shall work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, and he made clay of the spittle. He anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is interpreted sent. And he went his way therefore, and washed, and came seeing. Now, isn't it amazing? That when Jesus worked the work of God, the man wasn't blind anymore. But people will try to tell you that the blindness was God's work. Now, it's very obvious that if after Jesus worked the work of God, the man could see that the blindness had to be from the devil. The devil caused the man to be born blind. It was not God. It was not because of his parents' sin. It was not because of the man's sin. It was because of the enemy. He comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. Now, certainly, I can understand that there are certain things that happen to individuals that's passed on in the genes that cause things to happen to people. But you see, the devil's behind all of that. God's certainly not behind it. And see, if we'll rightly divide the word of truth here... See, 1 John 3, 8, the latter part of the verse says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, now, that's what Jesus came to do, to destroy the work of the devil. Now, here we find him destroying the blindness. When the man could see, the blindness was destroyed. So that had to be the work of the devil, not the work of God. Because he said, I'm going to work the works of God. And when he works the work of God, then the man can see. He's not blind anymore. So the work of God was causing the man to see. The work of the devil was the blindness. Then, of course, you always have some people that look in the 11th chapter where it said that Jesus said about Lazarus in verse 4. When he heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And they try to say, Well, now, see, Jesus said Lazarus was sick for the glory of God. Oh, no, Jesus didn't say that at all. They read that in there. You see, if you interpret that literally, then you make Jesus a liar. He's saying the end results of this thing will bring glory to God. Now, it was the resurrection that brought the glory to God and not the sickness nor the disease. So, you see, this is a sacred cow scripture. People read it, and they let it hold them in bondage. Well, if Lazarus was sick for the glory of God, then I'm probably sick for the glory of God. So some mysterious way, God is going to get some glory out of my sickness. No, the devil's going to get glory out of it. Jesus said the end results of this thing will not end in death, but will bring glory to God. You see, if you interpret that whole thing literally, you make Jesus a liar because Lazarus died. So he's talking about the end results. The end results was the resurrection. And as you read the end of this chapter, you find out that it was when the man was resurrected that God received the glory. Not when he's sick. Not when he was dead. But when he was raised from the dead. Thank you so much for joining
0: us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. Before I leave the broadcast, all of this week our book offer is book offer number 7503. That's book offer number 7503, entitled, Releasing the Ability of God Through Prayer, 172-page paperback for $11 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $15. Did you know that every born-again believer has God's ability, abiding in him in the person of Jesus Christ? Yet few have ever learned to release that power. God is in you to the degree that the Word abides in you. You remember John said, In the beginning was the Word, the Word with God, the Word was God. And, you know, God's Word is still God over every situation today. Jesus said it this way, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. The abiding Word is the ability of God. And where faith comes from is that Word that abides in you. Someone said, Well, I'm just standing on the Word. You know, you can only stand on the word that abides in you. Just because you know about it doesn't mean you can operate in it. This book will give you insight into how to release your faith in prayer. The first chapter is entitled The Ability of God. second chapter is Prayer is a Key. Prayer is a key to heaven's storehouse, but faith unlocks the door. Prayer without faith is like a key without a hand to turn it. Then the New Covenant prayer is one chapter. Accurate prayer is another chapter. This book, Releasing the Ability of God Through Prayer, will be a blessing to you. That's book offer number 7503, Releasing the Ability of God Through Prayer. 172-page paperback for $11 plus $4 postage and handling, total of $15. We have a toll-free order line 1-877-396-9400. That's 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Caps, reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted and yes, Jesus is coming soon.
1: To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Caps.